Welcome, everybody, to Straight Shoot, a wrestling podcast. I'm one half of your host, Santi. I'm here with Steve. Steve, how you been? Hey, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, you I know. Good? Yeah? No, I'm good, man. I just missed hanging out and shooting the shit about pro wrestling because, honestly, a lot's been going on. A lot has been going on, and I really think we have a lot to talk about tonight, don't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, The primary focus of this podcast tonight is we're going to be talking about the WWE returning to blood, guts, violence, and sex. My God, Steve, they're returning to TV 14. WWE is no longer going to be appropriate if you're 13. Oh, no. That's going to be the topic of the show, Steve. Um, But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of things going on in the wrestling world. Um, AEW is going crazy with their barbed wire match as we basically record this. Um, And we, of course, we have SummerSlam here happening in a few weeks time. And then we're going to be going to Monday Night Raw in three weeks so hopefully we get to meet some of y'all there we'll post more details if we're gonna meet somewhere um near the stadium or or near the arena uh during monday night raw so keep uh keep tuned for that but steve tv 14 we haven't had a tv 14 broadcast in well over a decade it has been a while now there's a lot of areas where we're going to be taking this conversation we're going to be talking about pros cons where the wwe can take this how it compares to other pieces of product that are also tv 14 and of course how it might compare to say the ruthless aggression era or the attitude era but steve First initial thoughts, WWE, are they going to start gutting people on live TV? Are we going to get live sex celebrations? Are they going to crucify people in the middle of the ring? What does this mean for our family-friendly programming? God, I wish there would be live sex celebrations and people getting crucified in a wrestling ring again. It would bring back a good product. Um, Santi, come on, man. Like, they promoted this last thursday it is uh wednesday the uh 20th of july right now they promoted promoted this last thursday and they started monday night raw with titus o'neill the charity and love ambassador mr skippy under the ring (laughs) it doesn't get much more tv 14 than that i tell you what if I b- ever believed that WWE was just trying to get clickbait out of all its fans and the IWC and the people that actually genuinely care about this product, they started it the whole wrong way, my friend, because putting Titus O'Neil to start Monday Night Raw on TV 14, if I'm not seeing someone get run over by a car at the start of Monday Night Raw, I don't want to watch it. I have The only thing I've seen from Monday Night Raw this past week was my favorite part of Monday Night Raw over the last few weeks is Austin Theory getting super kicked by Dolph Ziggler. This is good quality television, but it's not TV 14. So, Santi, please tell me that this is going to get better. So, okay. Because- so I, I, before I take over, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Were you underwhelmed by this first TV 14 episode? I called complete bullshit before it. And I call bullshit now. Okay. This was the most underwhelming. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to give Monday night raw this past week, a one out of 10. It was by far one of the worst Monday Night Raws I have watched in a long time. Okay, so here's the argument now that I'm going to make. A lot of people over the last 15 years that have been saying WWE sucks now because it's PG. They can't do X, Y, and Z now because it's PG. Last Monday Night Raw is an example that WWE doesn't suck because it was PG. WWE sucks because WWE sucks. (laughs) It's not because it was PG. We had our first TV 14 episode and it sucked. So the idea that just because a product is now more quote unquote mature is going to instantly elevate the quality of the weekly programming of WWE is ludicrous. That's that was never going to happen the what it gives us the opportunity for is 
seeing most likely slightly edgier product because you're not, and I'm gonna, and, and this is where I wanna start the discussion, what we can expect to see. You will not be getting death matches. You will not be getting barbed wire matches. You will not be getting blood. You will not be getting live sex celebrations and you will not be getting anything that could damage the WWE's stock price. There is a major difference between TV 14 now in WWE and TV 14 back in 2006 when WWE was a privately held company. The WWE no longer just answers to the audience and to the powers of the McMahons. They now answer to investor calls every quarter and investors are not going to want their product to be associated with blood, guts and extreme violence. Let me give you an example of something that's happened very recently where Domino's is fucking pissed that their ad was placed in an AEW death match when they were using a pizza cutter. So one, that's hilarious, but these are, we are now dealing with major conglomerates that transcend the world of private business. We are in the landscape of TV 14 in a world where the WWE needs to answer to investors and investors want a family friendly product that can be sold, that can be advertised around the world to audiences young and old. TV 14 doesn't prevent them from being able to do that. It allows them to maybe do more adult storylines but what you're thinking of the old attitude era, early ruthless aggression in currently in current AEW product, there is no chance in hell that this is going to happen. Okay, so my question to you is, with that statement being made, why does WWE decide to hype it up to say, oh, we are going no longer in the PG era and we are going to TV 14 instead of just saying, WWE is going into a new direction and not trying to bullshit the fans that have stuck around waiting for this day. Why so, don't they say this is a new direction for the WWE and you are, you guys are going to see a potential grittier, more aggressive sports entertainment? Okay, if they did that, would you believe it? Because last time that they came out and made a statement was when the, all the McMahons were together in the ring and told us, we are now listening to you, right? Yeah. Uh, they basically gave us the people power spiel and it was nothing. It, it's, it's, it's corporate talk. They've it's just corporate done talk, it again, that's all it is. But just over social media. They've just done the same damn thing just over social media and over little ads on television. What's the difference between what they did uh, five or six years ago to now? Why should we even have faith in anything WWE puts out anymore? Because half the time they're just bullshitting and lying. The only thing that they did, actually, even, even then they said Vince McMahon stepped down as the CEO of pro wrestling or of WWE and he's on TV every fucking week. Why should we believe one goddamn, excuse me, I hate to be swearing this much, one goddamn fucking thing, why should we believe anything that WWE says right now? Because clearly, they are just telling us what we want to hear, and then going down that same bumpy road where half of the followers and fans are just going to pop off, and when they pit stop to get gas, they're just going to jump back on, and then they're going to fall off again. Why believe anything? Because we like the product. It's the only reason why we're going to sit there and take it. But like th these are problems related to WWE becoming TV 14. These are problems that have persisted with the WWE since they became a publicly traded company. Where again, if they say one thing to the fans one day, but it conflicts with the interest of shareholders, the shareholders are going to win every time. Right? The audience, the the wider audience, 
the smart audience was very much against the Saudi Arabia shows for human rights reasons, not letting them, uh, letting women compete, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So many problems with the, with the Saudi Arabia show rather than acknowledging the concerns of the fans and maybe, and even if they were still going to move forward with Saudi Arabia, they could have acknowledged they didn't instead it was corporate silence and moving forward because it was the right move for investors and this is going to be the trend moving forward again for the rest of time until wwe either gets purchased by a larger entity or the mcmahon's buy all their shares back and it becomes a private company again tv 14 isn't going to change anything guys i'm going to tell you that right now um the it's going to be a marginal marginal change the changes that you might get might be in the premium live events that's where you might get the blood that's where you might get maybe a chair shot to the head here or there that's where you might get the scarier spots but in free television and by the way free television is where wwe makes most of their money um with with the giant billion dollar plus contracts that they get from the likes of fox and and usa uh that's where they get the majority of their of their dough you're not gonna see anything tv 14 aside from them making comments about the miz's tiny balls so to give you a, a little bit of insight santi i just looked up aew is technically tv 14 yep and they put on potentially some things that could be in the tv 18 to the uh what is it 18a category yep so do we as pro wrestling fans with everything that you just said believe that wwe is going to start moving into a product with the likes of seth rollins roman reigns uh bobby lashley Brock Lesnar, who's willing to do almost anything for the business. I'll let's exclude Lesnar and Austin Theory. I'm just gonna name those ones. Do you really think those guys are gonna go into a match with their wrists taped with a a blade? No. No. Then what makes anyone believe this is even fathomable for? WWE. The only person that's going to do it is Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but you you are narrowing down the idea that TV14 has to be blood. No, I'm not narrowing that down. Seth's not going to take a chair to the, chair to the head. Ch- Seth's not going to go on to uh, thumbtacks. Seth's not going to go through barbed wire. Yeah, but Seth could say the word bitch, shit, and asshole on live TV. The Again, like... TV 14 means so much. The problem is, is that we have the idea that it's blood. That's that's what we've been primed for it to be. And that's what it is in AEW. But it can be edgier stories. It can be swear words here or there. It can be more ruthless without putting the talent in danger per se. That being said, I still don't think that they get that ruthless or that edgy because they have a larger entity to answer to in the likes of NBC, Fox, and shareholders. So I have a question. Not moving away, but I just have a... I have a question. We have the return of Edge potentially next week. Okay? We all know in these vignettes it's Edge. Is potentially because of this new brood thing that he's coming out with that we think we we're seeing is this tv 14 thing a transition because of how dark this particular character could potentially get hold on hold on with the judgment day feud no no they're not no they're not going to make a giant change like like changing the rating of their programming for the sake of one storyline this has to be large this has to be bigger picture stuff it can't be because of one storyline it could be because of what they want to be able to do it could be simply as a tactic to try and win the 18 to 34 demographic which they're losing to AEW they're not it's not going to be because of a singular storyline it's go it, it, they're thinking bigger picture stuff but if storylines like this 
This is what I'm saying. It could be, yeah. It could be to make room for storylines like this. But my what I'm saying is that this change for a company this large, first of mm. all, this change was not made overnight. This change was probably agreed to six months ago. And it's just a matter of transitioning into it. A large conglomerate like this cannot make a decision like this overnight unless it's something urgent. This is bigger picture strategy planning for the WWE. If they are going TV 14, it's because they think that this decision will impact their shareholders positively. And the biggest area of opportunity for WWE when it comes to finances is again, being able to bring back the 18 to 34 demographic where advertisers pay for higher per impressions dollars when there is a higher demographic of 18 to 34. And a good way to bring that back is by telling people, hey, what you're watching is meant for adults, even if the what they're seeing isn't. So I remember when watching the Attitude Era, there was times when they would come back from commercial break, that little thing up at the top right corner would be like TV rated PG. But after you went past 10 o'clock, it was 14A. And then you know, it would move and fluctuate depending on the segment. Obviously, Raw was a little bit pre-recorded back then. It was like an hour before or what have you. But that being said, why couldn't WWE have just done this and just gone back to that segment instead of making a massive hoopla about it and just let the segments speak for themselves? If they got the confidence in their creative, why do you have to spend millions of dollars to promote hey guys listen we're not disney we're not the disney network anymore we're not you know catering to eight to 17 year olds we're actually going to give you a little bit something a bit more hardcore but in turn just let the parents watch and be like oh kids you watch that holy shit chair shot holy shit this guy's swearing on television kids give us a sec go outside and that's how you change it slowly instead of building everyone's hopes up and then starting Monday Night Raw with Titus O'Neil. Yeah, but when you say everyone, and I get where you're coming from, we're the vocal minority. We are. Like, everyone is up in arms about this on Twitter and on TikTok and roasting it on the internet. But... It's such a minuscule group of people that it is not in any way, shape, or form an impact to the WWE. I'm certain of that. Um, the The bottom line is that they need to make a transition to TV 14 without losing the children. The children. They like they they've spent 12 plus years growing that audience and making the WWE a safe product for kids to be able to watch. And I, for that, they've done a fantastic job. I feel very comfortable letting my nieces watch the WWE. Would I have been comfortable letting them watch ECW in the 90s? Probably fuck no, absolutely not. Um, so they've done a great job of being able to cater to the next generation of wrestling fans over the last 10 years. Per perhaps part of the reason why they're going TV 14 is because they spent the last 15 years catering to this TV uh, PG era audience that is now in their 20s, is now 25. Uh, that being said, this has this strategy of PG and catering to children has made WWE the most profits they've ever made in their life. Why in the world would they want to walk away from that for the sake of pleasing idiots like me and yourself and everybody on TikTok and everyone on Twitter? It, we, we're idiots in the grand scheme of things if we think that our opinion is, should impact the WWE when it's dollars. And WWE has been making buckets of it catering to children in a PG product. And they shouldn't move away from that because we want WWE to be as financially healthy as possible so that they can continue to give us the product that they want. I'm interested to what PTV14 can give us in terms of, again, giving us a... a um, I'd like to see a product where, you know, if you're watching a movie like, say, The Nightmare Before Christmas, where it's for kids, but there's jokes in there that adults will understand. And it makes it Shrek. a movie for both. Shrek. Shrek. Oh, that's a great example. Shrek. Shrek. If it becomes something like that, where they can give us a balance of both, I think that's what they should do. 
the concept of, I don't even like the idea of them swearing on free television. I don't, because does it add more? It could, it might, but you know, for one mark that you impress by having Seth Rollins call someone a bitch, you might lose 10 kids where the parents are like, you can't watch this anymore. I think the trade-off, the risk reward, I don't like it for them. And I might Amen. be sounding like a big apologist, but like I'm looking at the dollars and to me, it doesn't make sense to risk that for a, for a fucking chair shot to the head. Can I give you an example, Santi, right now of things that have been successful of sticking with a rating that they believed in and never moving away from it? Hit me. The Simpsons, 1980s, early 90s. They were told, we were told as kids, nope, you can't watch The Simpsons. It's too vulgar, right? Something else always comes along. South Park comes along. My parents turned around and said, you can watch The Simpsons now. It's not that bad. The Simpsons never changed their product. South Park just got a lot grittier. Guess what? Family Guy showed up in the early 2000s. Hey, Steve, don't worry. You can watch The Simpsons now and, the, and, uh, and South Park, but you can't watch Family Guy because it's too vulgar. Guess what? These things have been successful in their ratings and they've stuck to their guns. And I tell you right now, if WWE had stuck to its guns from the 90s into the early 2000s, into the 2010s, into now, it still would have been successful because people wouldn't have dropped off. WWE lost so many, many marks slash followers because of them going to, no disrespect, I know you love them, and thank you, by the way, for spending some of your billions of dollars and paying me back tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, going to that PG era of John Cena, Shelton Benjamin, uh, what's his name? Uh, Teddy Long dancing and twerking in the middle of the ring and freaking people power and literally burying its own brand in this sympathetic bullshit to cater to children who are coming up not knowing what real pro wrestling was. They're just seeing a soft core hillbilly, you know, soap opera. You know That's what, what they created it to be. Yeah. With John Cena as the figurehead. But you know who doesn't care? WWE. No, I was gonna say the CEO of NBC, the CEO of Fox. The royal family of Saudi Arabia. These are the people that are giving WWE money. And whether, again, whether we like it or not, they see the dollars in the kids coming week in and week out. For every mark that they lost, they gained 10 kids. And now those kids are the marks. Maybe TV 14 does make sense for them. I think that the smarter choice was to just, like you said, to use an argument against your own argument against you, stick to your gun, stay to TV, stay to PG. Stay, are you, like, I, I just don't see how TV 14 adds more, nowadays, I don't know how it can add more to the product. I don't, I really don't. And again, I'm, we're judging it with the smallest sample size of one episode of Monday Night Raw, but if the grittiest joke that they're going to give us is a joke about the Mrs. Balls being small. Then I'm right. TV 14 does not add anything to to this current product of WWE because they still need to tippy toe around investors. But like you mentioned, we have we have AEW across the street doing this being doing TV well. 14. And they are doing it well. And they've cornered a market. A market that is one one thousandth the size of the WWE. Do you think the WWE is looking at AEW and is jealous because their product is cooler? I don't say Doubt the WWE. It. Hold on. I'm not saying they are looking at the product and saying it's cooler. I am saying WWE is looking at the product and be like, ooh. The market that we want with the disposable income is more over on that AEW side. The 18 to 35 males, hey, the market that you and I put this podcast to, 
day in and day out, the ones we sell our merch to, those are the ones that are over on the AEW side looking at, wow, Moxley's going into a death match with someone from New Japan. This is new. We haven't seen this. Yes, you can only do it so many times. And yes, it's getting oversaturated in AEW circa lat tonight. Uh, Jericho Kingston in another form of a death match that we've seen Jericho and Kingston do so many times. But AEW is giving us something new every week that we haven't seen in nearly 25 years. So to say that WWE is not watching or caring about what AEW is doing, maybe they don't care, but they are definitely have an eagle eye watch on what AEW is doing. And this is one of the reasons these changes are being made because they want to see how far away from PG they can go to draw those certain 18 to 35 year old males with the disposable income to pay for the John Cena shirt for their daughter. Like I just had to shut up, (laughs) but no, like, and that's the thing. I'm in that 18 to 35 demographic. My daughter loves the PG era. She, she marks out every time John Cena's on TV hurts my soul. But to say I understand where you're coming from, I completely get it. I'm one of those marks. But at the end of the day, WWE needs to harness the rest of them from AEW to build their merch and to build their value. All right. So how do they do that? Let's talk about that. I think that's a good transition of what can they do with this TV 14 rating And let's talk about realistic scenarios where it stays within the boundaries of what WWE is willing to do. What does this TV 14 or what should it look like? Santi, can I ask you a question before I get into my first point? Sure. What was your first memorable thing of the Attitude Era? First segment. Think of one memorable segment uh, always comes to mind is DX invading WCW. Perfect. A backstage segment, basically what you just described. Yeah. WWE's backstage segments are dropped down to the 24-hour title currently, which I'll talk about that on another video. I'm 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 hot on the 24 title right now. I'm pissed about that. Secondly, we're talking about random decorative rings with really short announcers that are interviewing guys that they have to hold the microphone up to other and veer hitting on some new girl and shanky dancing whatever that is the basis of wwe's backstage segments listen to me now austin cement truck corvette vince mcmahon blowing up the DX Express, running over the Rocks Lincoln. Some of uh, the the street fight between Eddie and Cena, wasn't it? Uh, yep. In the in the circle of, even then that was in the 2000s. Okay. These were. I was just going to say, none of those segments are TV 14. All of those segments could have been done in PG. WWE is just not creative enough to do it anymore. No, they're not. But maybe they feel that was TV 14. You have to go back and look at Monday Night Raw. We both have the network. Well, you're on my network, but we both have the network. We can go watch the Raw from that night and see what the segment pops up as. I'm grand. I'm guaranteeing it's PG, but back then it was the 90s. The 90s was different. There was no woke community saying, oh, this is not okay. Santi, come on. What was rated G back then is rated 14A now. Like, like, there are so many things that we used to watch on television. Per, first one, Fear Factor. Eating cock, live cockroaches and bull testicles. You know? That's 14A, and that was rated G, PG. That was on Global. Global's our Canadian network, guys, sorry. But 
just saying what it was back then is completely different to now because of the sanctions and the regulations that the woke community and the the Karens of the world that somehow got themselves into the networks are saying this isn't okay. So from what you watched from PG, for me, that was not even rated. You know, and what I watched at 14A would be now rated R. You know, like watch Stone Cold get run over by a car. Back then, that's murder. On television, that's just remember this is live television, guys. This is live television. We just watched the main guy in this in in the show just get run over, and he's not moving. It's not functioning. It's not like going out in an ambulance today, and Braun Strowman comes out and says, "Oh, you're not hurt. Get out. I'm gonna flip it over." Sean yeah. Michaels yeah. in his own pile of blood after he got his head smashed into the wind into the side of the car by Triple H in 2002. It is murder. Exactly. It is murder. These are things that just can't be done today. So that's why I wanted to talk about like what can they do today? And it sounds like the WWE's biggest area of opportunity is their backstage segments because they're dog shit right now. 100%. 100%. And you and I talked before coming on here, we were going to talk about segments of pros and cons of what we can do. The number one pro, I think we can both agree on, is the backstage. Give us something. To, I don't even know who's in creative anymore. Thank God it's not Vince Russo and Freddie Prince Jr. But like, give us something that we're just going to go, we're at commercial break and we're actually focusing on the commercial because we're like, I need to take myself away from what I just witnessed. You know, give us the shock and awe factor because I cannot remember the last time I was shocked or awed. The last time I thought of awe, I thought of awful, which was Monday Night Raw this past week. That's so good. So what's, what, what's, I know, thank you. That's pretty good. <laughs> so what are we going to do another positive? What can we do? Are we going to go to live sex scenes in the middle of the ring again? No. Bring back Lita and the Edge? No, I think it is backstage segments. Um, I don't think that they need to touch the in-ring product and make it more violent. I I'll prefer that they didn't, honestly. And if they are going to do that, save it for, for the premium live events. I'd rather keep... There's nothing wrong with the in-ring work that's happening nowadays. It, there really isn't. Anybody that thinks that they need to have barbed wire death matches and thumbtacks left, right, and center... You, it lose. Trust me. It go watch AW. It loses its muster when you do it every week. It's I'm got, already. Yeah, I'm over. I'm over it. I think that's what you're gonna say. I'm over it. Um, if WWE can be smart about saving these shock and awe moments, as you call them, to the mo to the events that you need to shock and awe people, and I'm thinking premium live events, go home episodes of something like Friday Night SmackDown right before a major pay-per-view get tv 14 get hardcore use it to build us up into the premium live event but the day in and day out likes of a house show and monday night raw and friday night smackdown i don't think that we need to put the talent through more violent rigorous work for the sake of our entertainment i think they're doing a perfectly fine job as is but the backstage segments storylines announcing could see a tremendous benefit from and and don't freak out on um, my on um, my camera is still fine i know you're seeing green uh, steve but it's fine um the commentary work of the likes of pat mcafee can now get much better you can, can unleash him more brock lesnar comes out he goes holy yeah. you can finish your sentence pat please do so because, I would, yeah. I just, I think that that's the biggest area of opportunity where it, the words that can now be spoken, that's where I see TV 14 making its biggest impact in the WWE. Do we, do we see more on the women's side? I think the women's side has moved away from this, which I'm happy about. I, it's so funny. I was watching a, a, a clip of Terry Reynolds, Rikishi, the cat, and Perry Saturn in a mixed tag match. And uh, Rikishi ended up having a stink face, Terry Reynolds. But what the women were wearing back then felt degrading. Yeah, no, we don't need to go back to that. Absolutely I don't not. want to, but is there a way, and I, I don't want to always bring women's wrestling into this, but 
is there a way for women's wrestling to get more 14a without getting sexual and degrading hell yeah the same way that we can do it for the men okay yeah it doesn't have to be about their looks it can just be about them calling each other bitches and 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 stuff like that again just more oomph to promos right um and they already started poorly with the segment between logan paul and the miz um logan paul was a perfect person to let loose and go tv 14 on the miz do you listen to logan paul's podcast like the guy's got the gift of gab and he has an adult audience but instead you have him you have him land a promo about tiny balls like that was that was it that was your opportunity to end that, that, that to end the first tv 14 episode with something edgy with something that's going to leave people talking with something that's going to make the WWE want to go to the impulsive podcast and listen to a kayfabe shoot on the Miz on the podcast. That was the opportunity and they whiffed on it completely because of the lack of good writing. You can put edgy things like talking about people's balls, dicks and vaginas if you want, but if the writing is bad, it's going to be bad, yeah. right? Like they could have, they, they, they could have made this work, but it just came off juvenile rather than very much edgy. So. Very much so. It, 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 it was a struggle watching that um, considering, and here's the thing, what you said about Logan Paul, forget impulsive. Let's just talk about Logan Paul's um, character for one, who he's associated for two and three, his background. If there's nothing grittier from social media, it's the Paul brothers. Like they are the cornerstone of grit. The dude Maybe. literally filmed somebody hanging from a tree. I didn't want to even bring it up. I had it in my mind, but you decided to. Yes. If they would put Logan Paul in a forest in Japan, that promo would have been a hell of a lot better. Actually, I think that would have been actually phenomenal. I, I would have loved the Miz dressed up as logan paul in a forest in japan wearing the dumb stupid hat that logan paul was wearing during that moment why are we so much better than this than the wwe steve uh because we aren't paid by them and we're not censored and that's what creative is done is in wwe and like literally if i could pick three people to write for wwe creative right now it would be logan paul andrew tate and probably the girl with the tick from TikTok, what's her name from the UK? I can't remember her name, but she's she's got some great content as well. Let's just get those three in a room and write one episode of Monday Night Raw. It's going to get 7 million views like that night. Like it's going to be phenomenal because what's what's WWE averaging on Raw right now? 1.6, maybe two. Like it's it's horrendous what they're getting for a whole show. Remember when it was? Remember when it was the uh, Monday Night Wars? It was four point six to three point nine. Steve, get that boomer shit out of this podcast. You know what? Get John no. C- no. How are you gonna tell me that WWE gets more eyeballs in the night? The argument you just used is saying that people used to watch the news more in the eighties because newspaper sales were higher. WWE has 85 million subscribers on YouTube, millions across social media. People just don't consume content the same way that they used to. It's different. It's a different context. The idea of ratings and Chris Van Vliet will agree with me is ludicrous. I don't want to hear it. Hey, strike that because I'm just going to counter with what you just said 20 minutes ago in our podcast saying the most money WWE makes is from CBC or CBS, Fox, all those guys. So WWE is concerned about the people watching it on the product. The time it's a fair it's aired. Point. Forget YouTube, forget TikTok, forget Twitter, forget all that bullshit with secondary income to them because they are a 45 to 50 year old company that focuses on live numbers, not the numbers that they're putting out after the fact. The people that watch the highlight 
of Logan Paul saying, Miz, you got tiny balls for a minute and 10 seconds on YouTube. Yes, that's going to generate them a couple hundred thousand to a couple of million dollars just from that those views on that video. But the money that they're looking to draw from is the investors that invest from CBS, Fox, and all those other come and USA. Yeah, but Steve, 1.4 rating, and this is true, and, and I might be getting my numbers slightly off. That 1.4 rating a couple of weeks ago was good enough to be the number one show on television. 4.2 back in 2002, eighth. The landscape of how people consume content is different. Now that 1.4 on network television is way, it, there's more value in this consumer of 2022 than there is in the 4.2 million back then. It's just how it is. So do you want to argue that Gretzky's still the greatest of all time or is somebody else in the NHL, which is a faster and quicker game or is Jordan or even Jordan is Jordan still the greatest of all time or is LeBron better because it's in a faster and more quicker game. It's the same argument. You can't make that argument because those guys are in different categories. What you're saying right now is that so you're saying I can't, I can't compare them. No. So why are you comparing 4.2 from 20 years ago I'm to 1.4 now? I'm going stats as of what people were consuming back then at 14A to what people are consuming now at PG. People aren't, people don't have the attention span to watch what WWE is putting out for three hours on Monday Night Raw. So they need to do something to spark that interest to keep them. That's why TikTok only has videos for 90 seconds to three minutes because the attention span is gone after that and you just swipe back then it was a different consumer it was a different game it's it's a different game now but what you said earlier is the money for the wwe and its investors still comes from the network so that's where they need to focus fuck youtube fuck tiktok fuck instagram forget all that shit what you need, what we are focusing on is what you said is 14A television. So if 14A television is going to be a thing, they need to make sure they are drawing the eye of the consumer. Back then, they were doing it every night, every segment. Again, not comparing. I'm just saying back then they did it right. Right now, creative is so shit. That they don't know where to go with it. Am I wrong? I I don't disagree that the that the product is bad. I disagree that the the quality of the audience that you mentioned. Um, I think that a consumer of the WWE product nowadays is worth significantly more money than a consumer back then. A consumer back then that wanted to buy a T-shirt needed to call a hotline. And needed to make a purchase through their through their phone after being on hold and waiting to talk to somebody. A consumer nowadays that sees the brand new John Cena shirt coming out when he came out for his 20th anniversary pulls out the WWE shop app or the WWE and done. A, a consumer is worth so much more, which is why that one, even though WWE is pulling less viewers, networks are willing to throw insane amounts of money compared to whatever minuscule amount of money networks were throwing WWE back in the nineties for four times the viewers, mm -hmm. the consumer has so much more power. That being said to play my own devil's advocate, a consumer, an 18 to 35 year old consumer has to be worth a trillion times more than one that was worth back then, which is why they need to earn, win it back, which is why TV 14 could be the right step to bring in that consumer back to the table. But do I have trust that WWE can put on a good enough product that walks the fine line of this is still good for our investors, our image, and it doesn't damage the reputation that we have with children while still being able to put on a product that will encourage and engage the 18 to 35s, it's doable. I just don't have the trust that WWE is able to do that. They've done it before with flashes in the pan. Summer of Punk, fucking brilliant. That, that is 
quality TV 14 product without being TV 14. But WWE is not good enough to be able to give us that week in and week out. And we saw it this week by fumbling with Logan Paul. The, the the summer of punk is a great example of how they can they can move that product towards bringing the 18 to 34 without blood without jeopardizing investors and without jeopardizing major tv contracts you can be edgy and you can be adult without going overboard with a lot of what AEW is doing which is going overboard but that requires quality writing man and I don't think that the summer of punk was quality writing. That was quality CM Punk. That was quality talent being told, do your thing. And when talent as quality as the likes of CM Punk, um, Randy Orton, um, John Cena, uh, Ziggler. I've seen Ziggler do a great job of it. Um, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes. If we can get these guys to be told, hey, what Punk did in 2012, we want you to do something like this. This type of edgy product while still towing the line of being family-friendly enough. That would be fire. This is what I mean. The backstage segments and the commentary and the promos. That's where WWE can win back that 18 to 34 audience. And they did it, but they, they, they're so poor at keeping the fire alive when it does happen. Yeah, of course they are. And and you and I can go back and forth on this for hours. But your statement there right at, uh, right at the end about like the summer of punk and the rest of the guys you named, um, Orton, uh, Cena, Ziggler, Ziggler for one, uh, Seth, Kevin Owens. Yeah. Like if you can get Kevin Owens for one, I think if you're going to try and figurehead something that's tv 14 you're putting seth rollins randy orton and kevin owens at the forefront of it dude because th- it's those already guys jump sh- in just to, to just to add to what you're saying randy orton gave us what felt like an 18 plus rating when he was like invading triple h's house and kicking vince mcmahon and all of the mcmahons in the head like and that was pg it can be done it yeah. can be done and you're now, listing and you, all the right guys to do yeah, it. And you look at, look at, I think this is that, this is that one time in pro wrestling or in WWE where you actually have a dog on a short leash and all you have to do is just unclip it and let Kevin Owens go. That you want TV 14. Sorry. I've been, while you were talking, I was just thinking about it. Kevin Owens is TV 14. Let the man go. You already give him creative freedom on his promos. Just say whatever the fuck he wants. Let the man go and talk. Let him be jumping someone in the backstage, throwing him into a, a garbage can, or hitting him in the back of the head with a, a sledgehammer or something. You remember the segment with Batista and Flair? That was PG. Dragging him out, looking like a dead old man. Have Kevin Owens do that to Vince. Tell me the ratings aren't going to pop for Kevin Owens. Merch sales for Kevin Owens. Merch sales for the industry, for whoever's going to stop Kevin Owens from doing what he's doing. You don't put all your money behind Logan Paul and the Miz's tiny balls. Let him go. Look at the segment with Seth and Riddle and Ort... KO this past week decent segment because Riddle was on the KO show Kevin Owens is like nah man not me not me playing great devil's advocate Kevin Owens like the sleazeball he is burn it down hits again and then oh Kevin was involved oops his best friend just showed up man you want somebody to take the ball and run in this era of TV 14 there it is right there Kevin Owens yeah. Kevin Owens is your man. They have and they have so many great voices. Like let's talk um let's talk outside of uh in-ring talent. Yep. Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. A plus person to be able to spearhead TV 14. Number 2, 
Um, Corey Graves, another great example of somebody who can who who can spearhead Monday Night Raw. Dog on a leash. And number three, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman has been granted. I still love Paul Heyman's work, but he he's been subdued. Like the man, when he when you give him a when he when you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Right. So WWE has been keeping them keeping the man right where they want him, where it's family friendly enough, and he's a great character. But you give uh, Paul Paul E danger or whatever one night, one, one night stand oh oh man one night stand oh five that that promo can be pg it can be tv 14 right it does it doesn't have to get super um it, you know it doesn't have to get to the 18 plus uh rating paul Heyman is fantastic he got close god damn close. close god damn close paul Heyman is a brilliant mind to be able to to be one of those voices to help usher in an era of family friendly tv 14 if we if we want to call it that can we talk about roman reigns for a sec because we haven't mentioned him who and grant just listen to me roman reigns Acknowledge your tribal chief for one. Oh, I acknowledge him. I just don't know where he's been. That's true. That's true. Um, Roman on the mic. Let him go. Let him not have to think about how to subdue himself and make it PG. I genuinely, and we're in the comments. We're going to get common Steve L. I don't fucking care. But Roman on the mic where he's not having to think about how to hide what he really is true feelings are roman on the mic could be great because you know the usos right behind him and those rap battles that they used to put on with uh the new day and the usos cutting their promos back in the day god damn that was good television now let the usos and roman go bye my days you've got something you've got money granted the bloodline's already money but why don't you make more draw me money you know, such good shit, you know, like Vince, Vince knows what he wants. He knows the characters that he's got. It's creative's problem right now. Not being able to find something to build around it. I really believe that. Santi, there's another uh, thing we were going to talk about. What about cons of 14A? I, I don't want to yeah. segue out of what we're talking about, but I think we should hit that. What about cons? Like, can they go wrong with this? Sure. They they could take it too far. Is the really the only potential con that I see where it's damaging to share prices, right? Um we've been seeing it, I mean, I guess to um you know, I fo- I follow a lot of what's going on with large publicly traded companies. A lot of them are doing major layoffs and it's because share prices are down across the board. You look at a major organization like Shopify doing major layoffs when their share prices were $244 in December and it's down to 40. That's what happens when share prices go down because they're it's a financial panic and you need, need to be lean during rough times. Rough times are coming. I'm going to let out the R slur. The R slur in the world of finance is called recession. Okay. Mm-hmm. You put yourself in a situation where you could create a sell off of your stock price. And it happened a little bit with the Vince McMahon stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it bounced back up, but. What if something happens because it's something TV 14 that is very difficult to bounce back from? And there are segments that have happened in WWE history where I think it could have led to a major shareholder sell-off. I'm thinking Katie Vick. I'm thinking um, the potentially the Edge Elita stuff. (laughs) I'm thinking the... Mankind stuff with him just being brutalized in the hell in a cell. We love yeah. that as as consumers, but it but could create. Fans. Yeah, it, the fans aren't shareholders. No, they're not. And if they are shareholders, they're called retail shareholders, where they hold such a minuscule amount of shares that it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But you piss off a major hedge fund that is now getting calls 
for maybe they do a bad drunk driving segment and now this hedge fund is getting calls from mothers against drunk driving how dare you be an investor in the wwe yada 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 and it causes a major sell-off from this hedge fund yeah that's problematic oh massive. share prices go down we see more layoffs than you've ever seen before that's what happens when share prices go down. Right now, WWE is lucky that it hasn't been hit by the major sell-off that's been happening in the tech space. But again, the R word, recession, it's coming whether we want it or not. And TV 14, there could be some segments that could catalyze a shareholder sell-off. That is what I see being the, the major... Um, potential downside to something that is 14a the other one that i could see is them just overdoing it and then we become desensitized to the idea of what 14a is and that is what i believe is happening over in AEW. when i see a death match over there i'm not excited about it because i just saw another one on rampage right yeah. um that could be a potential problem where we become desensitized to the edginess and then blah it, then it's there then, then there is no consumer benefit to it being 14a because well we become desensitized to it what's funny is we became undesensitized to it when we lost it you don't know what you have until you lose it when they went and became pg that could be the the other major con of of um of tv 14 but i see mostly positives here yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there, and I'm completely with you. It's it's one of those ones where the negatives can be there, but it's a, such a far stretch for them to reach that point um, that th there could be some really positive things coming up in the in the pro wrestling circuit, especially on the WWE side in the next couple of months, and seeing where they run with it. And really, right now, we just have to pray that creative can get creative and make this actually entertaining and get rid of Titus O'Neil and, you know, Otis doing whatever Otis is doing and allow everyone who I said, kind of those pit bulls on the leash, let them go and just let them run with it and make your product better. You know, people power best for business. This is what you need right here. You advertise it. Don't bullshit us and just go compete with, not the death matches, because like you said, we're getting desensitized to those death matches. Like if I see one more bag of thumbtacks, I'm going to throw up. I'm over it. Like I, I can't. It's just I'm whatever. Like barbed wire, thumbtacks, glass. Like if I want that, I'm going to go to an indie show. The guys that need to make their mark. Come up with something new. Simple as that. Come up with something new. So, no, I completely agree, agree with you. Well, Let's leave it at that, Steve. We're hitting the hour mark here. Steve, where have people been watching and listening to the podcast? Ooh, um, well, first off, guys, again, like I mentioned to you last week, we've been struggling with our new map to be able to read where people are actually from. So I'm just going to give you points of interest this week because it's a little difficult still to read the map. First off, I'm going to shout out the entire East Coast and the Midwest of the United States. We are like a plague, a red plague moving across these maps. So I'll just shout out Mississippi, Tuscaloosa, Atlanta. Atlanta's hot for us. Charlotte, North Carolina, Washington, Kansas City. I'll even go into Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you know what? Let's shout out uh let's shout out oregon oregon's getting pretty hot over there as well um if we're gonna move over to the to europe we're hot across all of the uk and even over in ireland we've got some people over in Tralee. we've got some people in bantry that which is the if you guys know where that is it is the southwest of ireland um if you ever go there, make sure you take a dictionary and one of those Google translators because you don't understand damn what they're saying. And Innis, Innis, just below Galway. So what's up, Innis? And finally, I am going to go up to Latvia. Yo. Latvia, Latvia. Yo, Yo. we hit Latvia. Perestroika. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> Russian, but <laughs> that's probably Russian. But at one point, that was some 
form of something. Yo, Anyways, shout out and, to Latvia. Yeah, and then we've got uh, a bit hotter uh, blips in Kolkata and Japan. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I don't know what that means. I hope that means thank you or hello. I think no, it means hello. No, thank you is arigato. Ah, I do arigato. know that. Uh, arigato. Uh, yeah, my my, be- my best friend. If he if he hears this podcast, he's gonna like crucify me for not knowing what <laughs> Kanichiwa means in Jap- Japanese. I th- yeah, I think Kanichi was either hi or goodbye or something. Anyways, Arigato Japan. Uh, Steve, where can people find you? Guys, I'm back on Twitch. Twitch.tv/slash Mr. Tesh. Uh, I am on there four nights a week, and the worst part is I do overlay with certain streamers. But if you guys want to come out, hang out, and check out a really really bad gamer uh twitch.tv slash mr test santi what about you i'm the other one um i just want to point out that i had that time slot first so this is your fault uh twitch.tv slash santi zap <laughs> hold on hold on a second you can't say you had that time slot you stream six nights a week <laughs> like you can't own 8 p.m eastern to midnight buddy you can't own that I'm, i call dibs um yeah so i'm streamed from 8 30 p.m eastern up until midnight six nights a week with the exception of wednesdays that is when we record twitch.tv slash app and of course all our other socials will be down in the description of this video including both uh both of our tiktok pages and of course straight shoot sports thank you guys very much for watching and listening we appreciate you and we'll see you next week later